Welcome to Look Mum, No Hands. We have an amazing show today, exploring those scary choices life presents through the lived experience of our guests. Many of you will recognise that incessant whisper in your ear, tugging you to change your life, squaring up for the big jump. Whether it's career, life, family or love, there's that saying, if you're unwilling to be a foolish beginner, you will never improve. Or as I say, a life lived in fear is only half a life. Welcome. Today we have Yuri Buzzy with us. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Daniel. It's a pleasure. Actually... That touches a lot of chords, <laughs> triggers a lot of chords when you say buzzy in that way, Sarah. Yeah. Because it's really interesting. When I moved here and I, I got this amazing opportunity to work um, as a worldwide ambassador for um, an international brand, I had the first interview with them, right? Because they wanted me to be more prepared to go to a TV interviews and shows and things. And I got to this room where I had this um, um, moment with the journalist that would have taught me at the time how to be more present in interviews and say, um, please come in, are you busy? <laughs> I said, no, actually, I said, no, uh, be, no busy, I'm here for the interview. I said, I'm, I'm free today. No, I mean, are you busy? I said, no, but buzzy, buzzy, yes, I'm really busy, I'm here completely available. <laughs> let's go, let's do this. So that triggered me a lot of things. <laughs> Yuri Butzi. But, oh, that's oh, that's Italian. That's Italian, sir. I love that. Oh no, I'm not busy. <laughs> I am, I'm not busy. I said, I'm here for so the, the, the. Let's do so the. You, you could have gone and just missed the whole thing yeah, because you weren't yeah, the right say, guy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that that actually, I love the um, the intro, Daniel. I loved it. Did you? Because yeah. it is that your voice almost changes and says, "Do you hear that?" Uh, that, that the feeling in your incessant ear. whisper, the incessant in whisper. Ear. Yeah, that's actually how it it started my my decision in life to change completely something, and uh, that whisper that constantly tells you, okay, are you? Ch it, it is almost checking in with you. Are you in on the right path? Are you doing the right things, the right decision? So I definitely recognize that. Yeah. So thank you for reminding me that as well. Well, I mean, that, I think that's behind a lot of the interviews that we've done is that people could just take a simple path on, on railway tracks and be successful. But they're not like that. They want to see what's happening either side. And you have this amazing portfolio of, of experiences and, and achievements. Do you want to know how it started? Um, Daniel and Sarah. Yeah, well, it's probably with your mother, because that's why we call it <laughs> Look Mum, No Hands. Try to impress your mum, I'm guessing. Uh, no, actually, I thought, I think, that's a good one, actually. No, I think I started wanting to impress my father, actually. Oh, right. Ah. Because I've not been that present in my life, so I think there is something always attached to the past, right? Yeah. That we want to, um, I, I was living at the time in, in my 20s. Where in were South, you? In was South it? Italy, Puglia. Oh, Puglia, yeah. Which is a... Uh, um, hotter than London, at, at least right now. <laughs> As per today, there's snowing and things. And um, I, and I was there, and I, I remember that this uh, this sensation. Of course, I had in my mind that I want to impress someone. Let's say my father at the time, right? And I was following this um, this this path of being um, a lawyer. 
Oh, okay. Because, uh, not because of family lawyers, but because we had a lot of friends, lawyers, big lawyers in, uh, in Puglia, in South right. Italy. So you'd have a job pretty much straight yes. away. Yes, and I was, and I've never been afraid of saying so. I, we had this uh, big friend of ours working at university, and he used to help me as well with exams. I never hidden that. I've always been straightforward and upfront with that. I was not um, uh, avoiding that reality. And I remember one day I said, I had that whisper, right? And I said, but I, I want something more because uh, a few weeks before I had done my first experience in theater, in a local theater in my small town, like 12,000 people. And that feeling of being on stage, the freedom, um, the possibility of uh, expressing yourself mm. was way too exciting, was way too... Uh, real and opening something different yeah. from that space of studying the law, studying certain things, and then be able to, which is a bit of acting as well, being a lawyer. Yeah. If you appear in court, yeah. they, they, they say the barrister, who's the lawyer that does the advocacy in court, is usually a frustrated actor. You know, Absolutely the, right, Daniel. And even because in the, in the past, when you study it, they, in the past they were called actors. Uh, they were acting something, right? right. right. Yeah. So it's absolutely right. Th and then I felt that things... Uh, I said, I, I have to change it. I have to do something different. And I remember this scene like an Italian movie. This lawyer friend of ours sat on, the, on, the, um, on his uh, desk with the cigar. Yuri, your mother told me that you want to tell us something. I said, yes, um, I, I would like to do... I have a different choice. I want to quit university. At that point, I'd got like 10 exams out of 20, right? What, do you want to quit university? What, what, what for? I want to be an actor. And he started swearing in Italian. He said, are you a, can Let's we say hear it? Are Let's you a dickhead or what? Fuck your dementia. Fuck your dementia. <laughs> but this is, not, this is not even a job. But what are you going to do with it? I said, I was almost scared because, you know, it becomes really darker, like in a movie, and the cigar, the smoke. And I said, yeah, I know, but I want to try. And then I quit university and went to Rome to study at School of Cinema, acting and directing. So that was the first step okay. to freedom. Well, you know, the, the, I think the word you didn't quite use, but we often use is performance. Yeah. The idea of being a performer. You know, if you have a desk job, then you can't be a performer. And, and then people are scared of performance. Most people have to do something like a public speech sometime mm -hmm. at a wedding or at a conference, and they're terrified of it. Apparently, they're more terrified than dying yeah. of that. Absolutely. And you know there's a great connection between lawyers that gave up the law and became very famous in, in the creative world. Yeah, I do heard know, Do you know John Cleese? No, I don't know him. He, Shame he on part me. Of, he was part of Monty Python's Flying Circus originally, but he's gone on to do many things. And, um, and Sandy Toxvig, who's a well-known presenter, I used to sit next to her in law lectures at Cambridge. Whoa, um, I'm going to definitely search on and, that. And uh, so I think that the law produces a, you know, there's too much rigidity too much hierarchy and people want to rebel against that. I, you, I actually became a lawyer and I, I gave it up because it was too restrictive. Oh, okay. Uh, that's, became, that's something in common. Did yes. some, well, I didn't do anything quite as crazy. <laughs> as you, but so you, you, you gave up the kind of the, the, the tried and trusted formula of being a lawyer and with, with friends and family that could support you and you went with your passion, with your calling. Totally in. I, I went, like they say in poker, I went all in. I just completely went on it. And, and to be honest, even to newcomers, actors, or to people they don't take such a risk yet, 
and they might think, oh, but those people, they make a huge change, they know exactly what they want. I knew I had an idea, but I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Did you have a safety net, though, Yuri? Did you have a, did you come from a family that was always going to look after you, or if you didn't make it as an actor, what was plan B? I never, I think I never had a plan B. And, right. I, and, and, and I never thought about a plan B. I, I mean, I have an idea of what a plan B can be, but I never completely bought on yeah. that plan B. And safety net, um, my parents were getting divorced. For My mom was getting divorced for the second time. I lost my both my grandparents at the time. They were my, like my, for me, were like parents for me because I've been living all my life with them. We were losing a lot of money at the time and I was spending a lot of money like there was no tomorrow. So uh, I was right. rebelling against certain things, certain things about myself as well. But I, ne- I don't think I had never had a... A safety net, no. Right. That's a common theme, actually, that people just have to succeed because there's no plan B. And Absolutely. If you, if you don't have a plan B, Absolutely. you have to make plan A work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think also plan B takes you <clears throat> off full focus from plan A. Absolutely. And it is a diversion. But then what happened is, and we will look into it maybe later together, uh, while you go through things, then you understand that sometimes if you get too stubborn with plan A and you don't look, and you were saying about your shows as well, sometimes it's to look at options, look what is around you and be more present and be more, uh, letting ourselves to be more surprised by life like kids. I know, I, I go into a target, towards a target, which is my plan A, but wait a second, have a look what is happening through life as well, signals from life, because it might be a plan B, a C, a D, a, E, F, they might then get back mm-hmm. to you for the plan A. So look at options. That's what, what I've learned later on in life, yeah. which is a, a good way of being with the goal, yeah. which is plan A. But at same time, wait, I'm not completely obstructing all the other plans that life has for me. Yeah, they're, like, they're opportunities that come about that you've not been looking for. So then being open to that is different from having a plan B because it's just another, as you say, it's another route that will get you round to where you want to be. So you're having a guard up and be like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. But then you don't know, like you might meet someone there who might have a connection to plan A or it might give you enough money to fund you for plan A. So Absolutely, you got, you got exactly what I, I was think, saying. I sorry. think in life there are two types of approach. There's the fox, which is always rushing around, <laughs> you know, attracted by this and then running after that. And there's the sort of, is it the hedgehog or the tortoise? I don't know, the one that just takes a steady path, you know. Right. And so one question you could always ask people, are you more the, the, the fox or the, the tortoise or the hedgehog? Yeah, I think. I, I, I actually, explain me about this animal, the second one. I, I never heard of it. The hedgehog? Of, yeah, what is that's it? That's the one that's got the spikes and curls oh, and your balls. Oh, uh, we say, do you want to know how in, in Italian we say? Yeah. Riccio. Riccio. <laughs> Riccio, which is the, with the spikes. In French, it's hérisson, which sounds like hairy sun. That's how I remember <laughs> it. <laughs> Riccio. Yeah, Riccio, Riccio. So, yeah, but I mean, the, and we, we talk about baubles. You know, you're walking on a path and you see these shiny baubles, you know, these things. Yeah. Are you going to be distracted or are you going to pick them up and look at them? And I, I think there's a certain tension between being committed to something but not being... Not being blinkered. Absolutely, you know. absolutely. And I think it's quite interesting to understand, though, about animals, the primal instinct about them, right? 
I was watching, uh, I was watching a, a documentary uh, a few days ago, and as well when they, um, these big a animals, right, they 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 hunting um, the leopard, they hunting something, right, and they have just the target. But at the same time, they have to consider the temperature, that they get tired as well if they mm. don't reach the thing. So there are a lot of things to consider as well. So it's quite interesting yeah. to understand as well how the ritual, while he's right. going straight to his path as well, yeah. is he considering what is happening around the Do you, do you know why zebras have stripes? No. For camouflage, it's not because it makes them less observable against a background. It's because when they are in a, a herd and they run against each other and across, the field of view of the of the of the cat. The big cats. They yeah. lose sight of it because they they're just a series of black and white vertical stripes, Whoa. and they can't keep a track on one target, which is what they need to do to run it down into the ground to exhaust it. So they they keep moving from one zebra to another. Oh, to because confuse they, as well. Like because 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 it's just like a sea of vertical black and white stripes, and they run from side to side. Sarah, the, you know that. I didn't know that, no. I didn't know it either. Yeah. A lot so of people think the camouflage is so that one zebra can't be seen, but it, you can see it very well. Black and white yeah. is a terrible <laughs> camouflage <laughs> in the savannah. Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst like, thing you can do. I'm here. But, 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 but when they're all together, you can't keep an eye. Like you can't track the one. Anyway, we're getting way <laughs> off subject here, Yuri. Let's go back um, to, from the wild nature to our so, yeah. wild side. So the idea of, well, look, you have changed track. Yeah. Let's just, let's just enumerate what you do quickly and then we'll come back. So you started... Acting. I started like a, um, no, I started like a um, lawyer. I started okay, like okay, a, yeah, my, my bachelor in law. We, we ignore the lawyer because that was the boring thing. Yeah, it was <laughs> very bad. And then I started, I, I followed my dream and my, my, my passion. I went to acting school, acting and directing in Rome. Yeah. I worked my way up there for 10 years and things were working out in a certain way and I was happy but not that quite and then I was achieving things but was not feeling fulfilled about this, about my old core values and goals and target, the plan A, right, that I had straight in my mind. And then I got this big opportunity, I won an international competition. In 2011 I became the worldwide ambassador for Martini brand, taking over after George Clooney. And in this moment, when I had more money, more success, more fame, more recognizability, mm. that was that was what I wanted in life, I, or apparently what I wanted, I felt that was not quite working for me. I was I felt was I was not quite fulfilled yet, and that was not giving me what I wanted. And then I understood that wait a second, but maybe my, my core value, what I want, are completely different than what they were 15 years ago. And I checked on that. And I, th and I saw that helping people and helping creatives in understanding more about their inner power, understanding more about their core values and how to unleash it, mm -hmm. that was actually making me feel the buzz, the, 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 the butterflies in the stomach, was making me feel really good. So I got my diploma in coaching uh, at um, St. James University and I started doing my coach and helping people, helping creatives in working out what is it that I want, what is um, that, that bl blueprint that is, is really me. Okay. And at the same time, I had my, uh, I met when I moved to London, I met my business partner and uh, we ran the creative agency 455 um, because that was always part of my vision, be okay. creative, creating advertising and things. So. Okay, so we're getting a kind of a <clears throat> like a little quick overview, but we're now going to drill down a little bit. Yes. Martini. Yeah. Was that the advert that said it's the right one? Yes. Was the like, a, uh, uh, that was the Martini, Martini, no, it was Martini, no party. No Martini, remember? no party. There was that, oh, George Clooney, there was the yeah. advertising of oh, George Clooney. Martini, no Martini, no party. 
yeah. then there was this uh, international competition and was luck is an attitude. That was the slogan. Oh yeah, nice. And I applied mm. and I won it. What did you have to do? To and win? I had to, uh, to when I applied. Yeah, what, what, what was the competition? The competition was like apply, what does it mean for you? Luck is an attitude and why you are the man for Martini to, to show yeah. us that. How, how, would you, how do you see it? And at the time I remember I had a friend of mine, the director in Rome, and I said, oh look, I have this idea. Let's film this, that I could be a person that studies, I can mm. be a person that works at the bar, or I can be a businessman, it doesn't matter. It's the way I show up that makes a difference. Literally, mm. guys, this is the way I shot the adverts, like 15 seconds. And then when I won the competition, I've realized that the film that they would have made was actually about that. A character that has different uh, ah. dualism, so can choose this way or that way. And I was shocked. And they told me that they've chosen me as well because of that. And from there on, I had to represent the brand Worldwide. So being the face of the brand for uh, Worldwide Advertising, three yep. campaign Worldwide, and be the, 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 the face of the brand at events, big events like the, the Oscars and uh, interviews around the world. And that was really amazing mm -hmm. because it told me a lot. So are you following George into the Nespresso uh, role? <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying, but that's a, a hard one to, to yeah. do. Even though I'm Italian, I can have a chance. I'm sure Martini was called the right one um, before. You know, yeah, yeah, it must be. My, must my be. wife had a T-shirt with, with Martini on the right-hand breast <laughs> and everyone said why is <clears throat> why have you got martini on the right hand breast she said, it's the right one <laughs> that's um, a good message though um <clears throat> it's a shame it wasn't campari though because that's what? my favorite drink and i actually have a red van in the color of campari no way and i offered it to the advertising agency based in milan as oh. a kind of like a moving you know sort of constant advertisement for, for Campari. And I, and I promised that at 11.30 every day we would stop, me and my wife, and have a Campari in a, in a fashionable location and, and, and send the pictures and so forth. And there is this saying as well, they say it's always the right time for an aperitif. It is. Right? Yeah. Everywhere, somewhere in the world. But funny enough, mm -hmm. I had the opportunity, Sarah and Daniel, to, to do this after four years that I finished this um, campaign for Martini. So after four years, I don't know why four years, but in the advertising industry, is you are able to do another job for someone else, yeah. yep. for another competitor for yeah. years. I don't know why. But anyway, I got the chance to do Campari. Ah. And, uh, Didn't and, they teach you anything at law school? It's called a non-compete clause. Really? After four <laughs> years? <laughs> Baby, I didn't do that exam, did you? <laughs> carry on, carry and, on. And, <clears throat> and so I did this um, Campari one. We shot in South Italy, actually, nearby my place in a square night and there was this mood like really relaxed aperitive in the evening around six with the golden hours coming so i did that as well all right i think you're right an aperitif i mean we we start drinking campari and orange it's called a garibaldi in argentina yeah, yeah. and various things um at 11 o'clock i think start because the orange juice oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You, know, you could start the campari it's, a, it's, it's, it's giving that twist it's, a, it's allowed because it's orange. It's like breakfast, basically. Mm, exactly. I think, I think that the French have this thing called an apéro, which is when you know a moment when you have drinks and little nibbles. And I'll tell you a, 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 um, a trick, then, guys. In Italy, it's allowed even uh, uh, with coffee in the morning a drop of sambuca because it's like sweet. It's like sugar. 
Some so, cooker in your coffee. Yeah, I take it in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> they do this because it's kind of it's, you know, sugar. I don't use sugar though. They say. Right. <laughs> and in Spain, they put. I asked them to put brandy in my coffee, and that's called a carajillo. Oh. And the, thing, the main thing is no one can see what you're really doing. <laughs> it's always disguised. It could be orange juice. It could be black coffee. It's a private matter. Exactly. Between you and your barman. Well, no AA here. <laughs> so, um, Martini. Yes. And um, where did that take you then? Did, does that give you a My sort of a kind of a prominence where people would notice and recognise you in the streets? I mean, did it give you fame? That was a big, good, 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 good question, Daniel. That was a good moment for me to understand where I was going. Mm. My plan A. Yeah. And all I wanted from when I quit. Um, Bachelor in Law was, as I said, more money, more fame, be recognizable, searching for that approval yeah. <laughs> from people and maybe impressing my father. Maybe that was the thing, right? And when, when I got it, I was happy the first day, the first three days, and then I've started feeling really uh, that confidence that apparently I was building about myself and that, oh, my, you see, now I have more contracts. I was signing more contracts a few weeks, few weeks into the job. Actually brought me to a space where I was not feeling fulfilled and I was actually, my confidence was crumbling because I felt, I was start feeling an imposter because I said, oh, I'm presenting myself like this really confidence character, this person that knows where he's going. But I don't really know. Is, is, it, is, it, is, is it just me, this? No, no, it was Liz Truss as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she had, she had the top job in, as an imposter syndrome. You see? <laughs> I should like to give her a few coaching sessions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, that, and then I said, no, actually not. And that is the feeling that I want to help more creative, to yeah. not get to this point confused and let them have more opportunity, more opening yeah. eyes when it comes down to choose things. And, uh, and that, that is what I did. I got my diploma in coaching. And at the same time, I was in London because I moved right. to London to follow the career of Martini because the, the headquarters is in London, um, Bacardi, which is connected. And, and I, I said, OK, I met my business partner and I gave myself a chance to explore a creative agency, that part yep. that I, I was always being interested in. <clears throat> I think we missed out a couple of things, which I'm going to go back to. But I'm, but I'm going to ask you a tough question. Now. Yes. You ready? How many seconds I have? You can't think. Okay. Is there a difference between impressing your father and proving your father wrong in the advice he gave you? Did he object to you leaving the law, your father? That is actually, I thought, would have been tougher, Daniel. <laughs> because I never had that chance to, okay. to give myself that option because uh, it was not present when I... I, I've chosen um, yeah. uh, to quit. And it has never been part um, in my life with this kind of prominent uh, yeah. or really... Um, but it's, it's a very different motivation to impress somebody, to perform, and they, they, you know, they love it, and to prove them wrong because you're doing something that they all advised you not to do. And there are there plenty of stories of people that were at school <clears throat> and were told they would never amount to anything in life. They were a loser... And that's what drove them. That was always in the back of their head. I think the guy that started Weatherspoons, the pub chain. Mm -hmm. Tim, yeah, 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 I know that. He, maybe he's Tim Weatherspoon. I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, he had, he was told this, and and, and that was what drove him. You know, the the idea of proving people wrong. So I think there can be these two different things. Completely, and I got I, I get it now as we talk. I get completely even more 
this uh, this message, this idea, but actually, so I can answer mm. you better on this then, uh, was not to prove him wrong, but was to prove him that I exist. Uh, okay. That like kind of what it, that I think was uh, back 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 now. Uh, thinking about it, I think, oh, that was me trying to prove him. Oh, look, I'm here. Can you see me? Mm. Do you see me? What shall What shall I do in order for you to see me? I mean, we all want to be noticed in life by somebody. Yeah. <clears throat> a parent, a lover, I don't know, a child. Um. Absolutely. And actually, I, I know that Lady Gaga actually. That was the, if I'm not saying something uh, bullshit here, but I think I read somewhere that she quit a relationship and she told him, "You will see me everywhere" or something like that. Oh wow! Something along those lines. You will yeah. see you will, uh, something along those. So yeah, definitely the, the desperate approval things. And actually, I'm having a workshop this coming um, on on Saturday, the 17th, uh, uh, the Brixton Studio, and it is about this. It is about uh, what happens mm. if. In anything we do, in uh, public speaking, in an interview, for a job, in uh, in achieving something, we drop the expectation. Not only within ourselves, but the expectation that maybe our parents have, mm. or that our friends have. Or what what happens mm. if we drop the expectation, <coughs> that need of approval, that <coughs> applause, that we all all search? Then what? Yeah, because you think that can hold a lot of people back. The fear of failure, the shame, the humiliation, the embarrassment of not achieving or not being able to go through the awkward first stages. Like we say, if you're not prepared to be a foolish beginner, you'll never improve. Another part of our introduction. Absolutely, These yes. were carefully chosen words, actually. We didn't just sit in a studio and think, what are we going to say today? <laughs> actually, we did. <laughs> but, but actually, you know what, guys? This is a really nice um, intro because if you listen carefully, and that's another part of being creative, I think, is to listen carefully. Because a lot we want to talk a lot, yeah. but yeah. we don't listen. No. But if you listen uh, carefully, a lot of messages are there. And in the end, what, what we need are trigger points. You know, a word can trigger a lot from your past or from yeah. the present and, and to tell a story, to be a storyteller. Well, that, that brings me on to a couple of other areas that I know you have more than touched, which are photography and poetry. Oh, yes. The two Ps. There's <laughs> got to be a third one. Maybe it's pornography. <laughs> <laughs> I had always that passion as well. Pornography, eroticism, something is something that always struck my attention. But there is something. In our, in our life, there is something pornographic. Anyway, I think in the yeah. background. Oh, I, have, I, I do food pornography. <laughs> <laughs> you see? A lot of people do food pornography. <laughs> now, tell, tell me about your interest in photography then, because um, I can understand you were you, you talk about being both sides of the camera, right? Yes, I, I kind yes, of I want yes. to hear more about that. But, but photography is something that um, I allow myself to do um, in a moment of my life where I wanted to experience. I knew how to you know to film something, but I always thought a frame. It is something that can give you a strong choice to make. The Just composition. one frame. Yeah, the composition, yeah. and to capture that moment of the person's uh, person highs and um, and the delight and and, and everything and by the way I'm, I'm quite attracted as well by uh, erotic photography I like the <laughs> noise sorry I thought you were just going to say oh by the way I'm quite attractive and finish it there. <laughs> yeah no, we're going we're to definitely go deeper on this in a minute I, lo- no, I like the erotic photography as well and, and about photography there is this thing that relaxes me a lot yeah. it, it literally it, it chills me down 
I take a time to do something. It's funny because the word composition is also what we used to use at school when we had to write something. <laughs> your your homework is to do a composition, which meant an essay. Oh yeah, okay. So you that's know, frame, the... framing something. Okay, that's um, yeah in English. But do, yeah. you, do you do you like? And I'm I also a very keen photographer. Do you like the fact that the, the photography is one of those instantaneous arts where you, you if you're photographing people particularly, not not fields, mm -hmm. buildings. Um, where the, between one moment and another, you can capture or lose somebody entirely. Yeah, and, that, and that's you know what and that's sort of scary and attractive at the same time. I I, I always been through that. Uh, thank you for reminding me this, Daniel. I always been through this um, this process. But then again, what if I allow myself to lose that moment? Then what happened? I will definitely capture another moment, which is maybe doesn't have that sparkle in the eyes of that person, but there is something else that's still naturally still happening that yeah. time, right? Yeah. And so how much we can allow ourselves to not be imperfect, to not achieving like the best shot. And what if I get the worst shot? Then yeah. what? Well, sometimes people drop the mask and you see the real person behind the face, you know, the resting face. I mean, one, one thing I often would do in taking portraits is say thanks very much it's all over and then I would take the picture you see because suddenly they would relax and the, the, you would see a different side to them that's that's all about and I say sometimes it's like, this gives gives me goosebumps because this that's all about it's like that, that there is there is not a perfect moment there is not the right time there is just a moment that I decide to click yeah the button and then what all right, enough of that. Let's talk pornography. <laughs> yes, erotic, my favorite aspect. Erotic art. And one of the best early versions of pornographic art was Man Ray, who would take pictures using a net curtain against the window, and it would be shadowed against the human, obviously the female body. But because of the different distances of the body from the net curtain, it would be larger or smaller squares or the shape. <laughs> so it would be like a, you know, today they do these sort of graphic things, computer graphics, with, yeah. which sort of shape things with, with a grid. But that was done with, with, cur with net curtain. There was already too much, um, uh, how do you say, artistic way in Italy was... Much easier than yeah, much, that we were, much, much, less, <laughs> much down to the job. Much, like, much less complicated. Was, no, yeah, no I remember, we were, were to school and I remember those cards, literally oh, yeah. cards yeah, yeah. with pornography, with the Im images. It's like uh, they, were, they, were, they were circulating in the bathroom like, and we always go, let's like go to the Pokemon bathroom. Like Pokemon cards. Yes, catch them all. that's correct. That's correct. There was this guy holding this... Um, every position of the Kama Sutra. Bravo. <laughs> And we used to run to the bathroom, and the, the, the teacher would say, but where are you guys? You're going to four, three time, four or five times at the bathroom today. We have something to do. And then they spot us with these uh, uh, cards and pornographic cards, and we were like, but we were playing cards. Because they had numbers of it. They had <laughs> and that so was the pornography in if South If only we could go back to the charm of, you know, printed cards <laughs> from what we have today. Uh, but your poetry then, let's talk about that. Poetry started in a moment really particular for my life. In my life, sorry, I was in Rome, and uh, it was really therapeutic for me. Writing was the moment I could be completely myself, and I wrote this book, edited by La Terza, which is um, uh, a nice editor and publishing agency, sorry, uh, in Italy. And uh, the the name of the book is in Italian only. I will translate eventually in um, in English. Uh, I have this plan to translate in English, but it was uh, uh, my life on a cactus. 32 poems and a monologue of theater really dark based on uh, suicide. Was it, round, was it a round cactus or a long cactus? 
<laughs> was a long cactus with short ones on the side, <laughs> which is the double, <laughs> the double possibility. Yeah. Which always keep the double possibility. Really. And uh, it was and was actually quite dark um, about the, the the monologue about suicide. And I, I was doing this workshop in schools. Uh, talking with people, doing Q&A in the end, because it was not 20 years ago, sorry, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we're not talking a lot about suicide and was kind of a dark place to be and hidden and people, they were not, they were a bit afraid of talking mm -hmm. about it. So I did a, 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 this book, which then became a, a play, a monologue, where I used to go to school and do this monologue so people, they could debate about it and talk about it and feel free to... Did you read your own work? Uh, yes, I, I had to read it to, to create the play because yeah. the play were extract from the um, okay. the poetry and the monologue, and that was a, actually a nice um, a nice moment because it was another way of helping people thinking. Oh wait a second, guys! It happens that you might think about death in a moment of your life, or you might be desperate to go to touch certain chords and mm -hmm. say, "Oh, well, I feel this way." And what if I say it out and I allow myself to share it, and people might be able to understand better and to help. Yuri, we're not psychologists, but we love to pretend that we can piece together the let's play the, the, the little elements of the story that you give us in the way you want to. Now, what I'm thinking, yes, everything back. Having heard all this, is that first of all, <clears throat> you need to resolve a lot of the internal stuff, and then you become the coach, which is when you're trying to use that to help somebody else. You've been through it. Bravo. You've. Ah, I will give you when, a edit. When, I haven't finished. This is going to get harder. It gets darker for you. Now let's talk about those issues that you resolved for yourself through the poetry, through the photography, through the martini adverts, through the acting, through the rejection of the safe opportunities in life, through the intention to impress your dad or whatever it was, you know. The creative agency. What it, the, yeah, 455? Yeah. Yeah. Why four five five? By the way, it's really fun because of the the the. the um, Is it the number of the street? No, the number when my business partner was born. The time. Oh, four fifty five. A.M. or P.M. A.M. A.M. <laughs> okay, so talk to me about the issues. You you must have been through stuff in life. A lot of actors mm -hmm. <clears throat> have. That's what gives them the strength. What 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 would you say you've been through that has you, you've been working to resolve through your artistic expression and all these different media and format? I think, Daniel, that the moment I've realized that vulnerability, fears, and that, that's, that which is something that I will work on, the, I will talk on the workshop um, on 17, is like when I've realized actually that fears and vulnerabilities and the mess in my mind, in, my, in, in our heads, it's not something to hide, but it's something that you can actually balance and work to then transform that mess into a powerful message. So in the moment I've realized that, that I don't need to hide where I really am, and I don't need to pretend to be someone else, but I just need to be who I am and embrace my talent, embrace the fact that I'm not perfect, embracing the fact that I can fail and don't give a damn. Mm. And the moment I let that uh, sit on me, in me, and then I said, you know what, that's me, that's the way I am. And the way I walk into a room, by accepting that is completely different because I don't need to pretend to be anything else. And I can allow myself to be vulnerable and to be 
uh, fearful and to yeah, be. I mean, I'm going to suggest the word authentic. Is that a word you? Bravo, authenticity. Yeah, definitely authenticity. To really be yourself. Yeah, which is the, the that's the, powerful. Yeah, it's like uh, communicate with authenticity. The workshop is like allow yourself to mess it up. Actually, I the, the first time I wrote it was allow yourself to fuck it up. But then people oh, from no, Soho House, no. they said, let's, let's correct it, let's put it there, mess it up, shall we? I said, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, it's called the eaten mess, not the eaten fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because me, with my accent, it even sounds stronger. <laughs> <clears throat> so what has been your biggest failure? What, what mess did you really think, I can't, I can't clean this up, I'm just going to have to lay in it for a while and... Process it all. That's a good one, Sarah. My bigger failure. My bigger failure, I think, has been uh, when I was keep pushing to achieve something in my in my first direction, my first goal to becoming successful, right? And to keep going to this uh, um, excruciating. No, no, and doors slammed on my face as an actor, and 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 wanted to keep going, and nothing, nothing was happening in the end. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's like when you're obsessed with something, right? And they, we always say nowadays this motivational: if you keep going, if you keep pursuing in a certain way, you will get there at the point. From my own experience, no, and actually that was my biggest failure because I've lost a lot of time not looking away from that pos from that other possibilities and was just slamming my face against the wall and obsessing obsessed by something and, and my failure was being frustrated about my failures <laughs> that was the big thing that i was feeling all all down and I, I couldn't express myself and that was a huge failure because it was just obsession not realizing the opportunities and then and then eventually I, sh I shifted. And what support have you had around you? Like, do you remember the first person who was like, no, come on, Yuri, you can do this? Or just Sarah. like, who's been your cheerleader? I, your I be, I'm Italian, so my mum. Finally. Mom, Yuri. This, the, when they, they call on the phone, Yuri, how are you? The first thing. Right? Yeah. And then, have you eaten today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no, my mom was always there. My sister has been always. She's. Yeah, I live with my sister, uh, so they always there. They're my first cheerleaders, and they always say, uh, "You can. You, you. You really. Come on. You. 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 In England, you say a lot. You've got this, right? Mm. And that's that's the thing. Yeah. You. You. You can. You can do it. You can do whatever you want. So that they always been there. Absolutely. Are you older than your sister? Yes. I'm the, yeah, my sister, she's uh, 32. I'm, oh, actually, not 33, sorry. I'm 44. Right. So 11 ah, years. Yeah, it's quite Yeah, because uh, same mother, different father. Right. Uh, but yes, she's always there. And actually, she's a, she even message, messages me, sending me these Instagram stories. She sends me Instagram story about motivational things. Uh, and, fun, and funny chihuahuas because we got the chihuahua as well, which is a devil. <laughs> <laughs> you can put it in your handbag. <laughs> oh my God. They protect from teeth, actually. <laughs> because, you know, they don't, they don't see him. And when they put the, if they put the hand, he comes out. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so you've got your sister living with you. Yes. She's your encouragement. And you're doing your mentoring. 
did you have someone throughout your career mentoring you? I know you said you then went on to uni, but was there someone specific there or outside of there that kept giving you a guidance or that you could look to? Uh, and I go, I'll go back to this. I go back to my mom because she's uh, being mentoring as, as well, not as a mother, but she knows how to switch and to look out mm. from a situation from outside, right? And um, so she always been uh, good with that in uh, taking a step back and saying, oh, wait a second, now I'm not speaking as a mother, but questioning me because it's all about that as well sometimes, questioning and trying to mirror how do you feel. Mm. And th those questions, sometimes they can actually set you better and pose and, oh, actually, um, you, 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 you letting me the opportunity, holding the space to show me what I'm doing, so yeah, definitely. So she's she's objective. Yes, say. that objectivity. Yes, well, she can be objective. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Even when I showed her yesterday a casting that I was filming, and she said, "Yuri, you look sixty here. What you've done? I can't recognize you." <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, I sh Mama, I'll call you later. I'm busy now. Just really, and the self confidence you try to build it just shattered down. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> but it's a it's a terrible problem for parents. Maybe at whatever age their child is, to know how to balance the encouragement with the advice. It's true. Know, they have to make their own mistakes. I life. know. I mean, I... You, you talked about when Sarah was grilling you about your tough moments. Did you ever think that the failure, let's call it, was creative in the sense that it was, was it just a bad thing or did it actually have some value in terms of the lessons you learned, what you understood about yourself, your grit, determination, I'm not stamina... Even though it didn't quite get you over the line, it got you. I'm not going to be dream here, Daniel. I mean, there were just failures. Sometimes there were just failures. Yeah. They were not teaching you anything. How did you pick mm -hmm. yourself up then? What do you? What, what I didn't. Do you, what do you think about? <laughs> I didn't in those moments. I just um, because I've tried few ways. I've tried to react like wildly reacting, like uh, fucking life is not fair and this and that, and try to fight it and being alcohol. Uh, uh, alcohol? No, no, no. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? I'll, I'll share with you these, these things, <laughs> truthfully. Alcohol and drugs, they never be my thing. I like to enjoy a good glass of wine, red wine, I love it, a nice Merlot. But what about Barolo? Barolo is good, but it's too sweet for me. Really? Yeah, it's, uh, there is something too sweet. I like really strong... San Giovanni. San Giovanni, yes. Yeah. <laughs> San Giovese. San Giovese is a good way. I like red wine, but I've never been that down that road about drinking too much because then I got nausea and I, I'm not enjoying it a lot. Mm. And drugs is not really my thing because I'm already, as you can well, see, I'm really... Sex is the third. Sex is the third. I quite enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I overdo. <laughs> It's been his best performance. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But actually, the word sex has to be accompanied always with passion. It makes it more gentle. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but actually, um, yeah. And so I've been. Uh, I, I like to enjoy a nice um, red wine, and, uh, and 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 stay in the moment and accepting for what it is. Sometimes, Daniel, because sometimes fighting it, it didn't work. But when I s sat down letting these things uh, actually happen yeah. for me, I was fine. And that so are, was you, are, are you good in your own company or do you need oh, to Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love my own right. company. Uh, I love to spend time uh, for myself uh, alone, not lonely. 
yep. which is a huge thing. And I think it's a, it's a good discovery. And actually, I have a message for everyone, which is uh, is a repeating to myself as well. This choose always your company uh, instead of other people. They might be toxic for you, and uh, and they might actually uh, do you. Um, worse than the better they, they, they could be even not good for you and mm-hmm. not help you in your path sometimes we don't realize that but it's really important mm-hmm. maybe to stay alone and sometimes we we search mm-hmm. for partners because we don't know we don't know how to stay by ourselves mm-hmm. but we don't realize how bad that could be for us and it's not good so it's yeah. I mean I've noticed that when people do something unusual in life risky unproven like pretty much everything you've done um, other people that take the safe path don't really want them to succeed. They want to see that they don't succeed because then that gives them validation for their own choices in life, that they did this, the, the sensible thing, they became the lawyer in a little town in Puglia and married the local bank manager's daughter. I don't know. Family, Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. I'm being a bit sort of stereo- no, 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 stereotypical. No, no. But, so d- does that mean that it's easier for you to spend time with other people from your world? Because they all understand each other better, or, or how do you how do you how do you assess your group of friends? I see I see it as a possibility, um, uh, Daniel, which is the my new uh, one of my new values, which is all every day like repeating. There is you have an opportunity, a possibility to explore as well, because a lot of my friends are from, as you said, from my small town, Grumapula in Puglia. They have a family, kids, and steady business, or such of a steady business. And, um, and not, none of them actually got to the point to get these risky decisions. What do you think when you go and see them? How I love them. That's my, that my family. That's part of my family. That's part of my steadiness. Yeah, but do you think I'm so glad I got out of here? <laughs> uh, there are moments that I think I'm so glad, and there are moments that I think, oh, my, wow, what if I would have stayed? Mm. You know, there's always that part because being human is. How was the bank manager's daughter? Was she attractive? Um, no, actually, the, the actually the, the attractive one was the, the the daughter of the the director of, of the the school. Ah, which is that is not dangerous one. though. Really, really dangerous. Yeah. Sorry, I'm assuming something about your preferences in life. Or even wo- or even worse, even worse, the daughter of the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> what about that? Yeah. Oh my God! And uh, the, 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 the the square in our little town is quite small. And when she used to come out for a stroll, oh look, look, the daughter of the mayor is coming out. Oh, she's oh, wearing. Oh, this beautiful. She looks amazing. I mean, are they all are all the boys sitting leaning against their lambretta or their vespa on the bench? You know? We had this bench, these um, uh, wooden benches, and we would stay there. Oh my God! Oh, stay, stay there. Smile, smile. <laughs> she, is she looking? Is she looking? I always have this image of a beautiful young Italian girl. In a summer frock with not too, quite a short skirt, with with one leg up on the board of the scooter, <laughs> you know, the running board of the scooter, sort of, you know, laughing with the, the Which, guy. But I think that now straight out of a Peroni advertisement. But listen, course. Daniel, today I'm thinking, oh my God, if that was now, if that was now, the Peroni ad. We would have been all reported to the police oh. by staring. <laughs> yeah. Because can you imagine four guys from South Italy looking at this beautiful girl, uh, enjoying her youth and walking nicely, and us staring? Oh my God, she's looking. Oh, she's oh wow, she's walking amazing. We would have been all 
eventually reported. Uh, my wife always says that she likes being looked at by Italian but men because they do it openly. Yeah. And they're not doing, it's not furtive, it's not, no. not embarrassing. It's not, not aggressive. They're no, just no, no. enjoying appreciating. But you appreciating know how, Daniel, you opened me a, a, a picture in my mind now. It's like, you, you, you know, the same things when you see a godness. You have an, an, an do you say apparition? When someone, yeah. someone appears to you, like, mm. oh my God, I've seen, uh, that was one of our pick-up <laughs> lines. Right. I saw this, the Virgin Mary today, like with this apparition, like I saw something amazing, a goddess. Come floating towards you. Yeah, it's so much more difficult with a Virgin Mary. <laughs> if you had an experienced Mary, you'd have stood much more of a chance. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh well, look, Yuri, I've just come back from Israel last night, actually. Whoa, I everyone was called Yuri. Where did you I get that name from? I found out the same thing, you know, because f- funnily enough, when you, when you came back, like, just the last week. No, last night. Yes. Last night, last night. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you messaged me, is it still happening? I was like, I hope so. <laughs> wow, that's really incredible because I've been to Israel a few, uh, la- last month. And everyone said, Yuri. Was my f- and then I said, I didn't know it was so, pop- so popular in Israel either. And my name is Russian. All right. And um, my mom called me Yuri because of Yuri Gagarin. Ah, the astronaut. Because, yeah, 78. Yes, cosmonaut. The first man in the cosmos. When he went in uh, 78, they were discussing uh, 10 years after, after his death. And they were discussing on TV. There, were, there was an anniversary and things like that. And my mom thought, okay, shall we call him Yuri? We might see him one day on TV. Oh, really? That was her thing. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and then Yuri was, and... and And in Italy, there were no cosmonauts. There were dogs named after Laika. Yuri. Yuri and Laika. That were the name of the dogs in, <laughs> in that period. So you could no. have been the first man to drink a martini in space. <laughs> that would have upstaged... With a dog. That would have upstaged George Clooney. <laughs> That's funny that your mum said, oh, maybe we'll see him on TV yeah. long before <clears throat> you had ideas of... Absolutely. And that's why my mum... That's why... I go back to the thing, is right. a mentor for me, because she's quite a visionary as well. Okay. So in fact, Sarah, we're completely right. This is a look mum, no hands interview, right? <laughs> yeah. Where, where, where effectively, Yuri's whole life has been about meeting his mum's expectation that he would be famous on TV. And why has it taken us, let me just check. 49 minutes. 49 minutes to get <laughs> this simple truth. Do you know why? Because Did you I never be- realize? <laughs> I never realized, but then I realized when I, f- I, I, f- I fall from the bicycle, I see, look, mom, I see no hands and look what happened. And now what? Yeah. And that's where you... You're you supposed be- to practice before you show your mom, <laughs> just as a bit of advice. You're not supposed to do the first attempt in front of her. You practice around the corner... When she says, what happened to your knees and your elbows, your face, you say, oh, yeah, I ran into something. And then you do it when everything's perfect. At the perfection that we were talking about, Daniel. Yeah. Can we be perfect? Ah. No, no, you, you, you make a great point, which is you should, you should you know, live with your vulnerabilities, accept all of these things, and that makes you more powerful. If you're trying to pretend, and isn't this what's wrong with so much of the modern world, that people curate their existence with only the right photographs, only the right parties, only the right, you know, everything for their social media profile. And, then, and behind it, they're just sad people living in a damp cellar yeah. with no, no real friends. Or, or even sometimes having that, what they show, sometimes then, you know, what I found out is sometimes even what they show, it's maybe they achieved certain things, but is that all you need? Is that all we need in order to be, you know, I was... I was actually when I was writing the, this workshop, finishing the few lines, and I was saying, 
okay, but the, the, the society, the perfection that we want to achieve, the perfect job, the, first, the perfect position, the perfect family, the, some, doing something amazing in our life in order to be successful, in order to succeed. But then what are the successes that every day we live? Being a good mother, being a good son, being a good person with you, myself. Having yeah. a nice moment just for myself, enjoying my diet and because I go to the gym or enjoying my body because I eat a lot and I'm fully aware of it and I enjoy the way I am and I feel. So those little successes in life there. Are it's interesting, you know, I'm, I have an elder brother who died um, last, well, earlier this year and the rest of the family are choosing the words to put on his gravestone now. Mm -hmm. And it's a fascinating story of how everyone views his life, what messages you provide because the people that survive normally write the the message yeah. apart from uh, one or two people that have I think created their own gravestones uh, uh, <laughs> with, with famous messages like I told them I was ill this is uh, I didn't know that <laughs> trying to think of who that was um, anyway um, but uh, yeah you know but nobody says he was a great CEO of a company they all talk about what a great father or what a great grandfather or... Thank or, you yeah. for underlining that. That's what you want to remember them for. And that's it's funny when you condense somebody's life down into a, a very... Because you pay by the letter, so you have to be brief, right? Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not you never joking. know what happens <laughs> while you read. <laughs> One will say he was a stubborn bastard, but we loved him for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... Um, it's def there's definitely a sense of, of extracting you know something valuable from from what we do and knowing what what you're spending your time doing something that's yeah it's about what the, you the, the success about leaving the opportunity that success could be even something different that from what society is asking us to to embrace or to envision let's talk a bit about where you think all this is leading do you have a any sense of what happens next or are you always uh, quite fatalistic about somebody my, who might my, bring you up or do you have an agent or yeah I have, I have an agency here in London I have an agency in Italy representing me as an actor yeah and um, you mean what is next for me in, uh, do you well life? do you see any any kind of direction of travel with, with all the things you've done that is leading you towards something uh, do you want to be in the next Fellini or uh... <laughs> <laughs> no what I usually what I usually uh, ask <clears throat> for lately is to to have more chance to do my job as a creative coach, as a crea as a, an actor, and with my agency. If I go more specific, I would say uh, my I, I'm working lately more with goals. So I would say to have for next year, perhaps ten more clients to work on a certain level with them and have the possibility of doing like three public speaking to eventually help uh, one to many to help more people. So that would be my goal in the coaching industry. And when it comes down to the movie side, I would say, oh, I would be happy even if I do one movie per year mm -hmm. uh, where I have a nice uh, co-leading role or a nice uh, part. And then an advertising, I would say, uh, per year that will, that will work. And one nice project, one, two big projects in the, with creative agency. So you are more focused on doing big uh, events where you can actually spend some time in the creative part and, 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 
and and enjoy that part and not doing small jobs for the whole year so that's i would say my my goals are pretty specific in that and as you said i leave it quite open uh, yeah. daniel uh well sorry you you do advertisements don't you there's that famous one for screw fix <laughs> <laughs> which is not a, pro- a, a not a dating site for people with problems <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um but you, you know you have held up the screw fix gutter board yeah over your um i'm currently shaking my maracas on a sun bingo ad which uh should really pay me some more but uh yeah it's great to have different different uh you know, creative outlets or different uh, projects to keep your mind fresh, keep everything exciting. It's like coming into the studio today. We haven't recorded for a little while, but just the excitement, especially in this new studio, we've got these lights, these uh, stage lights on us, and then the lights from the mixer board, the microphone set up. I go, oh, I am excited for this. And I don't get excited very easily. People say, oh, are you excited going on your holiday? No, it's three months away. Why would I be excited? You're excited to do this? No, it's not until I'm in the moment and it's about to happen that I go, I really enjoy this. <laughs> so, and here we are with you enjoying another conversation. So, I mean, the, the, the world of advertising, though, you've got a very short period of time to get the message across, haven't you? Mm. Yes. You've you got, have to, to, you've be... got to find ways of shortcutting the whole process so that you can create an emotional connection in a very short space of time. So you have to be very attractive. Absolutely. Or very sexy, or like George Clooney, uh, or and, whatever. And th- there are pretty By the way, did, do you think you were more successful than George in the martini role? Did, did they sell more bottles I, do you know with that, your time? I did, an in, I did an interview in Spain. They asked me, do you, do you, have you been more sexual than George Clooney? Or the other guys, there was this really beautiful man from the, from the 70s. He was actually rubbing his um, thumb against his mouth. It was a signal of martini, like sensual, with Charlene Theron. Right. Yeah. They had to few, and I said, N- n- "Not a chance. I was different. My message was completely different." And this guy was saying, "So, you th- so that, then you say that you were, uh, you were more uh, sensual." That I didn't say that. You said it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, no. I, I think I gave another point of view, which is more kind of like in the world things. Like nowadays, everyone wants to be successful for 15 minutes. They want 15, 15 minutes, minutes of yeah, fame. Yeah, of fame. And it's like, yeah. I was, my, my, for the brand, the message was that, that everyone can be. Yeah, so when, you, when you're drinking a martini, you're the center of attention. You're the most important person <laughs> in the room. You're attractive. Yeah, to, you, yeah. Everyone you, you, wants to come and meet you, talk correct, to you. Correct, correct. You are the, 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 the attention yeah. of, the, of the, the, the room. But thank you, actually, Thank you so much for reminding me this um, this excitement, these emotions in when you do uh, a podcast because uh, it's lovely. You're two amazing hosts, really, because the the feeling of uh, feeling at ease and and the the possibility that you leave to yourself to get um, excited and to discover something new, even if you don't do for a long for a, for a period of time. But when you are in the moment, enjoying the moment, and letting these energy flows and listening to each other and tuning into certain things is always a an amazing opportunity to, to be we, truthful. And we know you have to put yourself at, at, <laughs> at in, the hand, in the hands of the, the London transport system on a strike day now to make an yeah, appointment. Uh, so we, we should probably um, uh, Yes, I, uh, today is a quite of a, a good one, though, to, 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 to train your skills in uh, catching the right one. 
Exactly. <laughs> 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 Having uh, the right one. Well, Yuri Butsi, thank you for being here. We can find you on all social media. Absolutely. absolutely. Your website's there. Instagram. You've got online courses that people can sign up for. Your yes. And uh, there is my uh, website on the on Instagram, which is yuributsi.com. And there are more information about me there. And then if you are in London and uh, you're willing to participate to the workshop on the 17th of December at 5 p.m., I will be at Brixton Studio and I will have this workshop, uh, Communicate with Authenticity, Allow Yourself to uh, Not Fuck It, But to Mess It Up. And that's a, a nice way to understand how we can actually balance vulnerabilities, mass, and transform into a powerful man. Yeah. And I will tell them where to find it. Mean, I don't know how much you have. I so enjoyed this interview. I think we've, you know, as usual, not been too organized. We've moved around a lot, but I think we've really got to the heart of the matter in, in, in our own way. And I think maybe you've even spotted a few things about yourself that you helped me a lot. Room. You helped me a lot, actually, guys. And I'm not, uh, you, I'm not in Italy. I'm trying to translate exactly. You're not word. flattering us. No, I'm not flattering you. And I'm not in Italy. We say I'm not playing the violin for you. <laughs> Ah. Uh, yeah, we say yeah. something like that in Italy, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. and literally translating from Italian. But um, uh, because you, in Italy you say you play a woman like a Stradivari, <laughs> so that's a completely different use of the violin. Though. Yes, yeah, the instrument. <laughs> um, uh, but you help me to see again to repeat because it, it, in, in the end it's about repeating ourselves things mm. because sometimes we just need to be repeated things. So to see again certain vulnerabilities from my life and certain things I've been doing. Yeah. Uh, maybe well, again, as you said, uh, Mama, look, I'm, I'm, I'm writing without hands or reminding myself that I was playing this for my father to the approval. And um, that gives you always a chance to see, oh, look, I'm coming from there. I'm here. Where am I going? Which yeah. is usually... Yuri, you, you have to run. Yeah. But it, it's been a real joy. And I hope our listeners will extract from your wise words, some of the messages that we hope we can deliver through this um, podcast about being creative, taking risks. And loving the alone time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. Have Thank a lovely you. one. Till next time. Bye-bye. Don't miss future episodes of Look, Mum, No Hands. Share and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a five-star review on Apple. If you are inspired to take that leap and join us on the show and share your experiences or have a friend who might, message us on Instagram at LookMumNoHandsPodcast. This has been a Talks With My Neighbour Productions, produced and hosted by Sarah Sharman and Daniel Confino. Music by George Twydell, artwork by Jane Confino, and title voiceover by Joshua Sharman.